You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, send an email to me, zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You Can Mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Joshua Manning. By now, I'm sure you've gotten really familiar with my voice, considering I've hosted the last, I don't know, three, two, three episodes. And as you know, we are doing a Why I Mentor series. Zach and John... I don't know. They heard the first one. They still haven't really given me any feedback. So who knows what they think about this, but we're doing it anyway. Today, we have Joel McMillan in the house. Joel, how are you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. All right. Yeah. Joel is the K through six site lead at the, I almost said you can mentor, not you can mentor at Forerunner Mentoring. Yeah, Joel is the the K through six site lead at at Forerunner Mentoring. He is my counterpart. I'm the junior high site lead, so we've got two site leads in the house. Should be a good episode. Mm. I know Joel is just super passionate about mentoring, so yeah, I'm excited to get into it. How are you feeling? This is going to be great. Like this is one of the first conversations that I feel like we've actually had because we only see each other during passing. Because you're at some, you're at the school. I'm at the. Yeah, we're you know the junior high is in the junior high. K through six is at the, at the forerunner site. And so, you know, we, outside of passing conversations of like, Hey, what's up? Like we don't ever really talk for an hour about mentoring, about experiences, about whatever. It's just kind of, you know, we have prayer staff prayer on Wednesdays and that's about it. Right. Like that's about the extent of our interactions. Cause I mean, by the time I get there, you're in a van picking kids up and then you drop the van off. I hop in and we go over to the school and then, Maybe there's five or 10 minutes at the end of program when we get back, if y'all are hanging out there. <laughs> that might be something like you take my van and somehow we're communicating that way. Hmm. What do you mean by that? You know, that's a, that's I a drive lot. the van, then you take it. You have a choice of four other vans. That's true. Because we have a fleet of five vans. Right. That's true. And you always take mine. And do you, do you drive the van over or does JT drive the van? The vast majority of the time I drive. The only time I don't drive the van is if I am doing something immediately after program where either I need to drive my personal vehicle over to the school or, for example, Thrive. JT mm-hmm. will drive the van on Thrive nights because I'm headed right over to the high school. Not the high school, but the high school program. Right. And so right. he'll drive it there. So it really kind of depends. But I would say 80, 85 percent of the time I'm the one driving. I drive to the school. I drive the route from the school, you know, those kinds of things. So, okay. I was going to say like 85% of the time you have to move the, the seat, the yeah. seat back. Like for the record, <laughs> I'm five foot, maybe seven, you're six, four, 
six four. I'm six four. So like, and I drive, I drive as close to the steering wheel as I possibly yeah. can get. And I mean, like the seat is all the way up. Like I look like a nerd while I'm driving, but that's just that's the way I roll. Yeah, and I'm the complete opposite. Like that seat has to be as far back as I can because I literally like can't fit in the van if it's not. So <laughs> it, it 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 is this game of you know moving the seat back and forth between the two of us and i mean it doesn't bother me at this point no. i just like i open the door i reach down and and yeah you already pull know it back you already like, know the drill I, yeah i've got this down to like a two second maneuver as i'm climbing into the van so hmm. but yeah it, honestly it's you know i don't know that it's so much communication between you and i as it is just you're the one who drops the van off and i appreciate that because then i don't have to go hunt for keys Right. Yeah. You're just, you kind of just volunteered your van for us to commandeer and take over. I mean, it, helps, it saves me like one minute or two minutes to get back inside the building. To, <laughs> That's true. Well, and as a site lead, that one or two minutes is important. Oh, yeah. Because a lot could happen in one or two minutes. One, oh, my goodness. You start hanging out with the kids, like play with them, or, you know, you can deal with a kid and maybe having a bad day. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I can, I can understand that. I mean, there have been plenty of times where JT's gone up to the, library you know before me while i'm talking with the school administration or chasing something down or whatever and i walk in and i'm just like what is going on right now <laughs> like why why do i have kids in four different places they're all yelling or doing whatever like what is happening not and for the record i'm not like painting jt in a bad light like no he's he's phenomenal he's he's an amazing coach he's got an episode coming up so you guys will get to hear kind of his perspective on mentoring but yeah no junior high is just a whole different ballpark i can only imagine yeah i mean and you had you have like a large space right like hallways no not really no? i mean we pretty much stick to the library unless we're going down to the gym for free time so it's like we have the library we've already been asked by the administration not to let the the students just wander the halls right. and so it's like the bell rings and they like they're they have to be either in the library or outside those are their choices they can't just be wandering the halls so you know i, I will take them out into the hall if i'm doing like a discipline conversation or something like that there was one day where we had a student just having a really, really bad day. So I took him out to the, into the hall to kind of separate him from the group so that he wasn't going to, you know, hurt somebody. And I grabbed a, I grabbed our soccer ball and we like kind of kicked her passed it around in the hall. But, you know, outside of the hall, right outside the library or right outside the gym, we really don't want, like, we don't go around the school but all J that much. But JT was off, like, talking with the teacher about something? No, no. In this case, JT was also in the library he was still there like we didn't have kids unsupervised don't worry Wait, how big is this library it's i mean it's not huge but it's big enough for them to be in four different places doing four different things at the same time and when you have 12 kids like i mean think about it from the k through six perspective it's you have the fellowship hall but you have groups of kids in four different corners of this fellowship hall right there's only two of y'all there and there's only two of us not six people not six coaches so it's you know it, it becomes this game of like not really a game. It becomes the thing of like one or two minutes truly does matter mm -hmm. in the junior high because one or two minutes is enough time for things to go really, really wrong. I learned this the hard way last year when a fight broke out literally five feet from me while I was transitioning positions with Caleb was the coach at the time. Like junior high is <laughs> you got to you got to pay attention. Wow. Time is precious. Time is very precious. So time and attention. Yeah. All right. Well, we've had a whole conversation about the differences between junior high and K through six. 
but we don't know who you are, Joel. So why don't you give us just a, a brief intro? Tell us who Joel is. Tell us what he does for fun, what he's studied in school, his, you know, all the things. Give us all the, give us the, the whatever, paint us a picture of who Joel is. Yeah. So I'm Joel. I was born and raised in Lake Highlands, actually. So I was actually, now they call it Old Lake Highlands. So that's where I kind of grew up. If you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the name, but I I grew up like five minutes away from White Rock Lake. Okay. So, but it's still called Lake Highlands. But now I live in New Lake Highlands. I went to private schools most of the time. I went. I went to one month at Lake Highlands High School as a tenth grader. One month. One month. Why one month? Man, see, there's a lot of things happening. I just got my braces on, which okay. I requ- I requested. I was like, Mom, Dad, I'm ready for braces. I looked at my teeth one day. I was like, you know. We got to do something. We got to do us. something. I had like right. the, I had the vampires going on. Like, oh no, they're stuck up there. Like, <laughs> oh no! But let me tell you something. Like, I I recover. It's a good very, Halloween costume, though. You know, maybe one day I'll I'll bring it back. <laughs> but like I re- like my body like recovers very fast, or at least it did in those days. Okay. And so like within a month of me having my braces, my teeth were already shifting in place. Wow. Now that's a good thing, but the bad thing is that brought a lot of pain. I'll bet. And so like there was not a lot of food that I could eat without just being in constant pain. So I was one month in at the high school. Mashed potatoes and ice cream. Yeah, but they, they didn't have mashed potatoes. It was French fries at the oh, cafeteria. No. And so like, I don't know, it just wasn't happening. Were they like crispy fries or crispy. they were like the, I don't know, like fast food, like mushy kind of fries. I'm trying to think of a good were, fast food joint. Maybe crispy. Maybe Cane's, like Cane's fries. As crispy? No, as like the opposite of crispy where you can kind of just gum it to death. No, they were definitely cri- they were definitely crispy. I don't think Ra- does raisin canes have crispy fries. No, not not. I I don't think that canes fries are very crispy. If I think crispy fries, I'm thinking like Arby's maybe or Arby's? like McDonald's if they've sat in the fryer too long kind of thing. You're right. Kind of most places are like soft fries. Yeah, they're a little softer. Well, honestly, so I went I went to Lake Highlands High School for okay. one month. I made the yearbook. Okay. So like I'm in there. At, tell your friends about it. I made the yearbook. Even though you were there for one month, okay. Then I, I, I like dropped out to essentially homeschool myself. Okay. Why did you do that? So, me academically, I was not like the star student. I need a lot of attention. Okay. So, homeschool was going to, if I applied myself, give me that freedom to like go Study through the books and like if I needed help, we could get someone to help me. But also like, the, the high school had a rule that like you can't miss like more than a week or two of school or something like that. And I was going to go on a trip around Christmas time, but it was going to like require me, require me to miss like a lot of school. And so it was like, there's just a bunch of iffy things. The moral of the story is like, you dropped out to homeschool I dropped out. Yourself. I tried to homeschool myself. You tried to homeschool yourself. I wasted a lot of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're trying to teach yourself. And I did, I did not finish that year of school. Okay. So I took like a year off of school. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. And okay. let me just let me just back up and tell you, I went through two years of kindergarten. Okay. So like I'm already like, you know, they redshirted me as a kindergartner. They're just like, you know, we gotta get this guy. He needs another year. You know, he's not ready for for the big time for the first grade. So I went through two years That's of a big kindergarten. Deal. First grade's a big deal. I know. Apparently I wasn't like the best reader. I can read now. Well, yeah, you could read a lot because you're like our Bible scholar on staff. I can read. And so I was already like a year older than most kids my age, like until, right. until sophomore year. But then I gained another year 
So now you're like two years older than now everybody. I'm two years older. So when so you're I actually like 18. Oh yeah. And driving, but still a sophomore in high school. I turned when I was, I turned 18, my sophomore year, like the completion. Wow. So like I'm at the seniors level so that like, let me just tell you, I graduated as a 20 year old. You graduated as a 20 year old. As a 20 year old. And you're how old now? 32. 32. So you've been out of school for 12 years. 12 years. But so I should have were, been done in 09 or 08. I was, I was going to say, so you were the class of what, 2010? 2011. 2011. But I was, older, I was older than the whole class of 2010 by a year. You're three years older than me and I graduated the year after you? Wow. Yep. That's, 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 that's kind of mind blowing. I don't know what to do with that information. You know, it was a lot of twists and turns. And, if, and if, honestly, yeah. if I could go back, I would apply myself a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like if I had the knowledge that I had now, like I would apply myself. I would have had a regular sleep schedule. Yeah, that's a big deal. Like it's something I'm trying to work with the junior high students on is bro. Like you, you can't be up until two or three o'clock in the morning playing video games. Like it's just not worth it. And I, I honestly don't even know like what I, what I was doing. I just like did not care about school. Like, yeah, had no. Well, I mean, drive. I feel like that's a lot of teenagers though. Like yeah. my junior high students don't really care about school. The only reason they do it is because we check their grades and get on them. That's right. And there was literally this, this past year, there was this, this one student, it was towards the end of the school year and he was failing a class. And mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I know you can do this. Like what's going on? He's like, I just don't understand it. And I was like, have you asked for tutoring? And he's like, no. And he was like, why not? He was like, I don't know. I just haven't. And I was like, okay, so who's your teacher? He's like, Mr. So-and-so. And I was like, cool. I literally walked him down there in program. I walked him down to his teacher and his teacher fortunately was there. Mm-hmm. And he, we walked in. He's like, hey. And I was like, hey, this, you know, this kid has something he would like to ask you. And I was like, go ahead. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm not really understanding the material. Can I get some, some tutoring? And his teacher's like, yeah, I do tutoring Monday and Monday and Wednesday after after school and this is like a monday and i was like excellent i'll see you in in 30 minutes and i left him there that's <laughs> <I was> beautiful <laughs> so and he got his grade up so it worked because like for for boys men like it's hard to ask for help it is it's incredibly hard to ask like for you'd, help. you'd rather go your own way and just be like well i'm not i'm not taking any help and i'm gonna lose yeah instead of like just ask for help and win and succeed right and that's something I know that took me forever to learn. Like it took me. Me too. I mean, I really started to learn to ask for help and I'm still bad at this. Like Darius has called me out on this a few times where, you know, we were doing our, our like weekly meeting on Monday or whatever, just kind of touching base about the previous week. And I was like, we need to wrap this up because I need to do this and this and this and this and this. And he's like, JT is literally standing right here. Delegate some of that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm still bad at it, but like, I didn't really start to even begin to ask for help until I was about 24 until I basically wow. I moved down here and started grad school. Right. Like, because in grad school, I couldn't do it all by myself. I had to, I needed people. I needed help. I needed, you know, people to pour into me or to teach me or to guide me or whatever. So, hmm. But anyway, yes, point going back to, yeah, it's, so, it's just not something that's taught for, for boys, especially guys to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, it's just our culture. Oh, for sure. So like, and I know there's been like a lot of advancements, but if like, you know, we're living testimonies, right? So mm-hmm. like if we can inspire somebody to like, Hey, you, you, you might need help in this area. Like 
you're not succeeding as much as you want. Like, let's get you, let's get you some help. Like whatever, whatever arena that is. Yeah. So like my junior year. Okay. So we're, now we're circling back to the story. Okay, yeah, junior year. I'm going I'm to explain who I am. We're going a lot of circles here. <laughs> yeah, we are. I had an elderly lady as one of my teachers for math, for okay. Algebra 2. Algebra 2. Okay. And for some reason, like... Were you an Algebra kid or a Geometry kid? Neither. You were just not but a probably more Algebra. More Algebra? Probably more okay. Algebra. More logical than yeah. kind of the artistic, like, yeah. shapes and, and all that. So maybe, like, I don't know if there's a term for this, but, like, you know when you just don't, like, care about old people? disrespectful okay. i was disrespectful <laughs> so i'm 18 i'm 18 years old as a junior in this algebra 2 class and it's an old lady and i'm just like ain't no way she's gonna give me a failing grade like that's not how it's gonna work so i like didn't apply myself the first semester and i'm talking like 50s 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 like those were my progress oh, reports report cards like failed the, like the first semester so like I had to make a Mario double dash. That's a pun for you guys. <laughs> wow. I, bring, I bring the dad jokes to forerunner. Like that is yeah. one of one of my job descriptions. But I do the Mario double dash, and like I am in her room like almost every single day after school, getting tutoring. Okay, like I remember we had an ice week that year. It's 2011. Like the Super Bowl was happening. Okay. 2011. There was a massive ice week. It which, started snowing. I think on Monday. Which for those of you who aren't. In Texas, an ice week is where they just cancel school for a week because it rained and then the rain froze and now there's like three inches of ice on the snow, on the ground. It, it literally happens and it's all kinds of fun to drive through. It was a, it was a precursor to the 2020 pandemic for Texans, for Dallas people, <laughs> like, cause we were in our houses. Anyways. Wait, no, I thought that was the 2019 snowmageddon. No, the snowmageddon came after the pandemic. Oh, did it? We were already, we oh, were, yeah, that's right. That's right. It was way after the we pandemic. Were our, we were already on yeah. our stay in home game. Like that's true. No. So like I applied myself, I was in her room like every day and I still like it came down to the last final and like I, I, I failed the whole, I, pa- I passed the final, but overall I failed by like two points. You failed by two points. Yeah. But I didn't repeat because you know, private schools let you pass. And honestly, I didn't pass eighth grade either, but the ninth grade was just like, come on over to our school. We'll help you through. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, we'll edit this out. Technically, I did not pass high school. Okay. Because I did not do biology and that's a required course. And I told, I like, truth be told, I told the school, I will do biology on my own and just pass me. So how did you graduate? Look, they like, don't ask questions and just let me walk. Like, <laughs> No, the answer there is the grace of God. The, that's it. The grace of God. Like, Oh man. Oh, I was so, I was so lazy. But goodness. I, I mean, I can, I can relate to that though. Like I, I was in contrast, I was very studious, right? I, I, admi- I admire people. Like Hold you. on. It, it, eh. Okay. I don't admire people. Hold like on. You. I was very studious. I got very good grades. I just, I retain information really well. And I think part of that is because I'm a five on the Enneagram. And if you know anything about that, I'm just like, I crave knowledge but what ended up happening was freshman and sophomore years of high school, I did really well. And I'm talking like straight A's except for third quarter each year where I got one B, right? Like 3.99 GPA. Junior year, I took almost exclusively honors and AP classes. And I still did really well. It didn't, well, it wasn't straight A's, but it was A's and B's. And then my senior year, I got hit by senioritis hard. Like, 
real hard. They put me in AP English, even though I didn't want to take AP English because by this time I had found theater, right? And I was like, all I want to do is spend my time in the theater, mm-hmm. learning lighting, learning how to program the board, learning, you know, anything and everything I can about theater and teaching myself a lot of that. Like, that's where I spent my lunches. That's your passion. That was my passion. And it still is my passion. But, you know, I w- like I they put me in AP English, had zero interest in AP English literature because I hate classics. And I really didn't <laughs> want somebody to tell me which books I had to read and then have to take a test on that at the end of the year. Like, really didn't want to do that. And so I didn't do any of the work. I was failing I was failing English all the way up until the very last day. Like they call there's a deadline in May in Utah called Red Your Dead Day, which means if you're failing mm. any classes as a senior on that day, you do not graduate. Oh no. And I was failing English literally until not even the day, the minute of that deadline where I worked with my teacher and he's like, if you turn in these things and do well on them, you will pass. And I literally pulled an all-nighter for like three days in a row up to Red Your Dead Day. I went over to my mentor's house at the time. Literally, I went over to my mentor's house and he he kept, you know, like he, he helped me do this and like helped me create a schedule and things like that. And I literally, like minutes before this deadline, I turned in a literal mountain of paperwork to wow. this teacher and it pulled my grade from failing to a D minus just enough to graduate. Wow. So like the joke in my family is that I graduated by the skin of my teeth. You really did. Literally. Though. So you really did. Yeah. So I can relate to the like not applying yourself because it's, it's one of those things where, and at the time again, I was 17, 18 and you know, struggling to ask for help and things like mm-hmm. that. But also I never really had somebody to hold me accountable. They pushed me, right? They would be like, you need to do this. You need to do that. But they never would teach me the why, right? Mm -hmm. They would never like hold me accountable being like, what are your goals and how do we get you there? Because if anybody had asked me that, I would not have been in AP English, right? They just saw my academic success in my previous three years of high school. And they were like, you can do this. So you're going to, and I'm like, but I'd rather spend all my time in the theater. I don't care mm. about English, which I ron- is a little bit ironic considering theater is essentially English, but that's a whole different podcast. Right. That's a whole different, that's not even a, that you might can be a different podcast. That's a different podcast. Why English matters. Y- yeah. Why speaking matters. But those are, I mean, those at the end of the day, those are the experiences that we as mentors like we have in our own life, those are, that's the wisdom that we have. And so we get to pass that on to our mentees. And for you and I, that, mm-hmm. that means, you know, in a group setting and pouring into 12, 15, 30 kids, you know, in the case of the K through six program, there's what on average 30 students a day, like 20 to 35, 20 to 35. One day we hope to get the 60 max. Ooh, that would be nice. That's, that's the goal. I'm shooting for 20. Like if I can hit 20, I get to hire a new coach. So <laughs> Yeah, for real, right? Especially in like or in in the junior high, like having 20, 20 students consistently attending in the junior high, like that would be wild. So, anyway, the you know it's that kind of wisdom that you and I have learned the hard way, and being able to ask ourselves the things of like, what did I not have at their age, right? Mm-hmm. And 
then we take steps to fill those gaps. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we learned the hard way and we're like, okay, I didn't have this and I can see this kid doing the exact same thing I did. So maybe he needs that. Right. Right. And, and then we get to fill that in. Man. Definitely could have, definitely could have used the foreign mentoring program for myself there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could have, I just yep. lived 1500 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> And also, let's see, Forerunner became a nonprofit my senior year of high school. So actually, no, that would have gone really, that would have been really helpful. Oh, that would have been spot on. That would have been perfect. I mean, they weren't big enough to actually be in the high school, but like it would have been perfect if, if Forerunner was a thing back then, at mm-hmm. least, in, in which honestly, I never even heard of, I had never even heard of mentoring organizations like nonprofits until I moved down here and met Steven. Like really? they don't really exist in, in Utah. Hmm. And I'm not real sure why that is. And maybe that's changed, you know, now in the last five years since I've been here. But up until I moved down here, I'd never heard of like nonprofit mentoring and like pairing up kids from hard places with, you know, a specific mentor or doing group mentoring or things like that. Right. Like it just mm-hmm. wasn't a thing. And so, you know, when Steven was like, I'm going to go take a job at Forerunner Mentoring. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so. Is that real? What? It's like, is that, is that a real thing? Oh, is mentoring a thing? Yeah. As, well, I knew mentoring was a thing because I had a mentor. But that was kind of an accident. It was, mm-hmm. it was more of a like, I had a really specific need at a very specific time and he was very intentional about meeting that need at that very specific time. And then we kept, you know, kept in touch and started to, like I started to learn from him. We never really attached the mentor label to it Mm -hmm. until I did much later on in my life. But, you know, the idea of like the intentional organization whose mission is to, you know, match students with mentors and finding volunteers in the community who want to pour into students like that's not a thing in Utah. It doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. Mm. Even though there is plenty of need there, there's plenty of people who come from broken homes. So, yeah. So that's, I don't know. We, this podcast has totally gotten totally off track, but that's it's great okay. though. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let me wrap, let me finish it off. Yes. All right. So I graduated high school. That was 2011. Okay. okay. So in 20, probably like in the fall of 2011, I went to personal training school, like to become a personal trainer. Okay. Like the very specific, it's called the Cooper fitness Institute. It's like, it's world renowned. Dr. Kenneth Cooper, he fathered the term aerobics. Okay. So like he made up the term. I'm pretty sure. At least that's what they tell us. So I was going to be a personal trainer. I went through the school and you know what? Do you think I pet do you think that I passed the final exam? Mm, I don't know. I'm torn because part of me says like if it's something you're passionate about, then you would want to learn everything you could and do well. But also like, you know, not being the most academic student, like the chances are maybe lower. So I'm torn. I'd, I I would say no, probably not. And you would be correct. It was a it was a hundred question exam, and like these are not just like, hey, what are you using when you do a curl? Well, that's your biceps. No, this was like, they brought a lot of scientific terms into these questions. Like they were really getting into the science behind it, and yeah, I didn't pass. And honestly, I could have retaken it, but I was like, you know what, it's just not it. And so, 
quit that. And then I had, then I had a really, I had another great idea. Like I was really good at playing hockey when I was little. Okay. I quit at age 12, right? And so now I'm 22, 22, 22 years old. Okay. And I was like, you know, maybe I could become a professional hockey player. Like at age 22, like okay, after not playing for like for 12 10 years, years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is. And so I did that. It didn't work out. I end up, but you still play hockey. I now. still play hockey, and we'll we'll talk more about that. But like, just a lot of we- a lot of weird decisions happen in your twenties. Can we just be honest? <laughs> yeah, like I a lot relate. of weird decisions, especially if you're if you know if you don't really know what you're passionate about mm-hmm. and don't really know who you are, right? Yeah. So that's me. So then in 2013, I ended up taking a job at like a thrift shop, and that was like okay. retail job. I hated retail. Like I I, I like. I didn't, I, I'm not a good fit for retail. Like, so not going into marketing. Yeah, not going into marketing. So I had that job and like, you know, my life was just at a point, you know, I'm 24 years old. It's at a point where I'm just like, like, this is not working. Like, I have no trajectory in my life, no passion, no desire, right? And this was like 2015 about. And so then, so my friends started going to Christ Foundations Institute and they had a motto. You know how like college campuses have mottos? Like, sure find your passion dream big whatever so sure. this was like where dreams find direction i'm like what what that sounds like a great idea that sounds like a great idea i don't have any dreams or direction so like let me just <laughs> Let's go get there both. and like the funny thing is like i had grown up in church but i didn't i did not have a personal relationship with the lord like at all okay and didn't know who i was like i knew i knew i knew a lot of scriptures but I did not have any idea like what they meant to me like personally. Like, what or does how that to mean? apply them. How do the, how do, yeah, how do you apply them? There was just like head knowledge. And like I knew like growing up like, man, I know I'm supposed to be in some type of ministry, but I don't even know Jesus. So like, how are you going to be Wait, in ministry? Wait, you had a, growing up, you had a sense that you were going to be in ministry? Yeah. And then you're like, well, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but don't even know Jesus? Right. It's like you're. It's like you're at church. It's like, man, I'm spo- like something about this. I'm supposed to be doing something here, right? Like, okay. Sorry. I, I, no, I can, I can, I can get it. I can understand it. I just like that blows my mind. Yeah, I'm just like, man, I like, I know I'm called to like do something, like in a ministry realm, but I don't, I don't even know the guy. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the minister. I don't know Jesus. Like, I don't know, I don't know his ministry. Like, oh, <laughs> it's goodness. difficult to do that calling. Yeah, I'm just like. I'm going to go to this Bible college to, to meet them. Like, I'm going to go there to meet them. Like, most people okay. that go to Bible college, they're going to get trained and equipped. I'm just there to meet the guy. Like, that was, like, that was forget, my thing. Forget trained and equipped. Like, I just want to know him. Yeah, like, if we, if we could get that head knowledge to, like, meet the man, it'll become heart knowledge, right? And, like, okay. it'll become Ooh, alive. That's, that's, that's a word. Say yeah. that again. Yeah, like, if we want, like, once I meet the man, the head knowledge will become heart knowledge real quick. Oof, that's right? so good. Like, everything, I'm just, you know, you sit there for so long on a pew in a chair on your couch, listen to somebody and like, it's there, the word's there, but until like the Holy Spirit comes and takes that word Mm -hmm. and puts it into your heart and like makes it alive, like you're not, you're just gonna, you're just gonna sit there. Right. Right. So went to Bible college, still, still like I never read my Bible prior to going, prior to going to Bible college. Okay. And like, but I, I knew, I knew all these verses because I was in a program called Junior Bible Quiz and you have to memorize like 107 verses and a bunch of different random facts about the Bible. So that's how I got it. Like it still sticks with me to, till today. But I'm not. I'm Are most not, of those verses like the ones that we quote frequently? Like not really. During staff, okay. Not really. Like I mean, they had they had like I'm pretty sure the Ten Commandments were there, or at least the first four. 
they had different ones. And it, okay. was, it was affiliated with the Assemblies of God. And so they would have like their verses that match like their, dom- their denomination. Gotcha. Which okay. fun fact, like every church or every denomination has like their go-to verses. Like, right. If they're a prophetic house, they're going to talk about prophecy. If they're, you know. Charismatic or charismatic, Lutheran or Catholic. Lutheran. Like, they, or, all have their, they all have they, like their yeah. set of verses that like they harp on. It. And I think that's great. This one was Assemblies of God. So I knew like a lot of Assemblies of God verses, but I wasn't reading the Bible. And then one of my college classes, like they made you read the Bible, but that's not the same thing as picking it up and because like you reading want it for to. yourself. Yeah, because you want to. Exactly. So like as soon as that class was done, I'm still going to Bible school. I'm not reading the Bible, but like there's parts of me that are getting changed because I'm encountering Jesus in worship times. Like, man, I could, t- I could talk about my college career at Bible school for, for a long time, especially. Okay. Well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a different yes. episode because the title of this podcast is you can mentor. Right, right, right. <laughs> so anyways, I, I go on a mission trip. They make you go on a mission trip. I like, I finally like figured out like, you know, this is who I am. And for a while there, like life was just so muddy that I didn't know who I was. And so I was like, you know what? This is who I am. Started reading the Bible. It really came alive to me. And so. And. 2017, 2018, graduating 2018. Go on a. From CFNI? From CFNI. Okay. I go on a mission trip to primarily older people. Where? In Belarus. 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 Okay. Which is hot, hot button discussion for today's world. Yeah. And yeah. you can only get there like with the, with the, like a real invite. Okay. So. Even at the time in 2018? Yes. Like you had to be invited by somebody and like you had to have a reason. So how did you get there? Did you just hop the border? No, I, I, I got on a plane and you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Edit that one. <laughs> Par- parachute it out. <laughs> no. So I, there's a mission organization called Reach International. And what they do is they, they minister to Holocaust survivors. Okay. So that is like their main thing. And like Holocaust survivors are going to be older or. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's 2023. And right. So the this, Holocaust happened in 1939. So. Exactly. Almost, almost a hundred years. Wow. Almost a hundred years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's sobering. Time is precious people. <laughs> so finish the trip. I, I started looking around for jobs like with, with elderly people, right? Like whatever that looked like. So I was like, oh, I had a great time on this mission trip, hanging out with them, just hearing their stories. Like it was really cool. And so I was like, man, Lord, like, where do you want me to work? Cause I want to do something in ministry. Like I graduated mm-hmm. from Bible college, but I knew I didn't necessarily like want to work in a church setting. Okay. So I'm still looking for jobs. My mom sees an ad on Instagram about forerunner mentoring. Okay. So don't despise. So this is what, 2019? 2018. 2018. Don't despise Instagram ads. She sees the ad. She sends it to me. She's like, you should go work there. And I look at it and it's like raising up young men to be men of God. Like, okay. And it's like all boys program. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it's like in my neck of the woods. I'm like, where right. has this been my whole life? And you're like, why didn't I have this when I was a kid? Why didn't I have this when I, when I was younger? So I go to apply for the job. That was July, 2018. Got the job, August 2018. Start the job. That was like my first year here. Okay. And I'm thinking about it in the parallels of my life. Like August of 2018 is when I moved to Dallas for grad school, and when I, and then I met Stephen. Oh, like six weeks later, seven weeks later, something like that. So it was like September, October of 2018 is when I met Stephen, and he was at the time he mm-hmm. was a mentor. Yes. He was mentoring a, a student. But 
shortly after that, I think it was by March, mm-hmm. February or March or something like that. He took a full-time job yep. at Forerunner. And yep. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have this whole timeline figured out. Yep. Or like, you know, this whole timeline. Cause he came on as what? Like mentoring coordinator. Yeah, did it, I think he was the director of mentoring. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Which I guess now is within the realm of the community coordinator. Right. So it's definitely needed. Yes. Anyway. So, you started August of 2018. Yeah, with Forerunner Mentoring. With Forerunner Mentoring. And like this was the first time I'd worked with like, or maybe not the first time, but like diving into ages third through six. Right. That's what I was like in charge of. And like I had done, I'd worked with youth groups before and I think I was a kids counselor one time, mm-hmm. but it was like, it was like obviously back when I didn't know Jesus. So it's like, who are you now? Right. right. And, uh, so when you started at Forerunner, was this also like, did you still not really know Jesus or have No, I did. This, this by was this, at, by yeah, this, this is after CF and I, okay. like I gave my life to the Lord, like got baptized the whole, yes, the like whole nine I, yards. I'm like, I'm all right. It. You're, you're a new Christian on fire for Jesus. Yes. And you're like, everybody needs to know about him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now I'm caught up. Okay. So this is in 2018 and that was your first year mm-hmm. and you were there the whole year. I was there the whole year. I was, I was with the third through sixth graders. Okay. So you know, that year, we were in a very small space. Right. Okay. I mean, it was like, at the previous church. We were, at a, we were at a school. Oh, you were at a school? Yeah, we were at oh. North Lake Elementary. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're at their school. We're in like a, sm- we're in a tiny space. I mean, like. Is this why you were asking me, like, about my space at, at the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I okay. want to know, like, I don't know what you're working with. I mean, at this space, you could literally, you know, every kid was like an arm for each of you essentially like there's no room to do a lot of moving okay this is not Chuck E. cheese where a kid be, can be a kid <laughs> we would if we wanted them to be kids we, we go outside we did have access to a gym like the junior high did <laughs> but like during that first year like i was really new i was really green okay that's a term the kids are using these days really green no they're not they're not using that okay. <laughs> they're really purple for barney i'm no, just kidding you had no riz no I, I definitely don't have riz that's 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 way down the line oh boy but my first year with the with Forerunner, like, I did not do a lot of one-on-ones with kids. Like, I think the first time I did a one-on-one was probably April of that year. Okay. And so, and that's really because, like, our the way our structure was, was the team lead or the site lead would come in. Because, like, it's such a small space. You can obviously tell what child is, you know, having a hard time. And it's so not feeling it. Yeah, he'd go over there and immediately address it, right? And so, like, it didn't really give us a lot of space or didn't give me space to, like, build relationship into that realm of like yeah. correcting confrontation like that type of thing you were just kind of managing a group yes. of kids yes okay and like I, I loved it gave me a lot of opportunities but then the next year there's like okay you're coming back to forerunner 2019 2019 2020. 2020 okay like I, I i see a trajectory here yeah like keep l- going like let's get you let's get you a little bit more like we're gonna call you the team lead the site lead no, nah, the, the structure was a little bit different. So there was okay. a team lead of like K through second and then a team lead for third through six. Okay. Yeah. But I got there and since like, I don't have firsthand experience of like correcting a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And so like everything was kind of theory. Like I saw this coach tell this, tell this kid to do something and that's how it went. And but, so now I'm trying to step into this role where but, every, like yeah. I got people, you know, looking up to me to like do the right thing and like, that's a big weight. It's a big weight. It's a big weight. And like, let me tell you, Josh, 2019 was not a good year for me at 400 mentoring. 
Like yeah. there's a lot of, I can relate. That was last year for me. There was a lot of growing. Yeah. My first year was the same way where like, I'm like, <laughs> well, first I got hired. I didn't know I was a site lead. Right. When they, mm-hmm. when they hired, like when they hired me, they sent me the description information mm-hmm. for a grade coach. Right. And so we get into training and Quinn or Beth or whoever is like, yeah, if this happens, talk to your site lead, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, okay, who's my site lead? And then Darius is like, you're the site lead. I was like, oh, well, okay. This is, this is new information. So it, it did fall on me to handle a lot of the discipline because I came in with no experience. Caleb came in with no experience. Like oh, wow, we were like legit. We had to learn on our feet and we made a ton of mistakes our first year or my first year. Yeah. And so, and we also were not in the high school at the time we were in the student center. So it just, yeah, there were, there were a lot of things that last year that were like, okay, maybe this didn't work. That's very when well. that fight broke out. That's five feet from but, me. Yeah. That's when this fight broke out. We had, Oh man, it was the end of the semester. I don't know what it is about the end of the semester, but in junior high, we always have something happen. You know, we had students go missing or like run away more accurately okay. or fights break out or, I don't know. It just, the end of the semester in junior high just doesn't seem to mix. But the, last year, because I didn't have any experience and it was like me going like, how do I respond to this? It, it, it was a lot of like, you know, in, in that sense, I was very thankful that we were at the student center because Darius was right upstairs mm-hmm. and I could be like, Darius, this is happening. I need you now because I don't know what to do. We'll get you calling for help. Yeah. Well, with that, with the fight that we're talking about, I literally ca- got on the radio and called Holden. Because at the time he was a support coach. So like his job was to float between all of the, the grades and kind of just fill in where mm. necessary, handle a lot of discipline and whatnot. And like, yeah, I'm not technically supposed to call him, but I was like, I, I literally popped over to K through six's channel. And I was like, Holden, are you available? He was like, I can be why I was like, cause I have a fight. I have to do discipline with like three different people. I need you and Quinn. <laughs> oh my goodness. Because it took it and it took Holden, Quinn, myself, and Caleb to man like Caleb's responsibility was to manage the group. Uh-huh. My responsibility was doing discipline with one kid and Holden and Quinn each took one of the other kids. It was it was nuts. Yeah. The the it was a very interesting experience. Goodness. So now imagine doing that in K through six. So all of that is to say, like, I can relate to the, like, oh, I have to do discipline and I have no idea what I'm doing. It's one thing to see it done. It's another thing to do it. Yes, that is, that is a very, it's like your mind is like, I think I I heard you mention this on a previous podcast, but your mind is thinking of a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and like, you just, you just ultimately, you just want it to work and like, you want to build a connection you don't want anyone to get hurt, but it's like, how, how do you do that? Yeah. Which episode was that? Do you do you remember which one you were listening to? I'm trying to remember what I I'm said. I'm pretty sure that was the one that you just did with with, uh, with Todd. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I think we were talking about like connecting before correcting or something like that, where you know, the, or like disrupting their thinking. I think is what we were talking about. The idea of I like I need I need them to like snap out of it sooner than letting them just calm down because as we covered earlier, there's two of us, and every minute I'm not there mm-hmm. is another minute for chaos to happen. And so, again, not that JT is incompetent. He's a phenomenal coach. He's in some ways he's a better coach than I am. But I feel about all my all all, all the coaches I'm with. I'm oh, like, <laughs> Caitlin and Taj and and Holden. Yeah, why am I here? 
<laughs> You're like, you, y'all don't need me. I can, I can go on vacation. But yeah, you know, the idea of, of disrupting their thinking and just asking them like anything other than what just happened. Yep. Right. Yep. Because it, it confuses them. And that's a good thing in this case, because it forces them to have to actually stop and think about mm-hmm. anything other than what just happened. And it, it helps them to know that like, they're not in trouble. Yeah. Or, or if, and even if they are like, I'm still on your side. Yeah. And like, we're going to have a relationship no matter if you do this every single day. Right. You know, yeah. The idea of like, we are going to have a conversation about what just happened because we have to, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that I love you any less. Like I'm still here because I love you. Right. And we'll continue to be here because I love you, Mm -hmm. which is really fun when a junior high student says, Oh, but you get paid to love us. And I'm like, bro no like yes i get paid but i don't get paid to love you (laughs) let's just look at the logistics of this i've i kid you not i've showed my kids my budget before and explained to them like this is how much i make per paycheck Mm -hmm. from forerunner here's all of my monthly expenses and just for the you can mentor world out there my income from forerunner works out to about 40 percent of my monthly budget. I don't get paid to love you. Mm-hmm. I mean, love's from the heart. True. My there's, heart doesn't get paid. There's that. Now my stomach might get paid though. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> that. But it's also, it's like, if this was about money for me, I would not be here. Mm-hmm. I would be doing anything else. Right. The, it's not about the money for me. It's because I love you. And that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're going to talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So 28 or 2019, you, yeah, first time like we're team lead. Team lead and like having to do discipline. It it was I mean, let me just tell you, like, it went so bad that within a month we changed the whole structure of the program. Okay. Changed the whole structure. Like it just was not working. You're like this okay. Yeah. Like And was Quinn Quinn was not there yet. Okay. And so yeah, like well uh-huh. I, I was I was like the team lead and like I like like Beth was somebody that was like, I guess you'd say like under me or whatever. Okay. And within a, within a month, and thank goodness, within a month, there's like, okay, Beth is too good. We got to like put her in in a, in a more leadership position. So she became the for the program coordinator. Yeah. Okay. Which was or site lead. Yes, which was super necessary. Was it site lead or was it program coordinator? It was site lead. Okay. Yeah, site lead. So she was under you. Now all of a sudden she's above you. Yeah. Okay. Which honestly, like, you were fine with. I was fine with, but there's there's definitely like an area where you could be like, oh no, I don't like that. Like that offends me. Like I was yeah. once like, and like, I really, I like, I like th- I, that wasn't in me, but I did ask the Lord. I'm like, Hey, like, like let me submit to her leadership and like, let me never have any feelings of like, yeah, I could do better. Right. Which I could, you know, there's, yeah, there's that idea of like, I don't know. It's almost the mindset of like getting passed over for promotion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, especially in a scenario like this, where it's about relationship, it's about pouring into kids, it's about experience. Like it does kind of help to have skill sets in that, to have the experience to have in her case, the training, cause mm-hmm. she went to school for it. But even within that, it's like, you know, needing to posture your heart, right? It's like, you know, kind of like what you were talking about mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, Lord help me to not like, help me to humble myself. Right. Right. Which 
<laughs> at forerunner is a big deal because that's one of the five traits of a man of god mm-hmm. right humility Res- responsibility humility integrity leadership and respect and so humility it's like you know even even for me i'm every day it's like god what does humility look like with these kids because i am in charge but also like i can't control them and therefore i am inherently not in charge so what does humility look like as a site lead where my job is to facilitate program and Darius is not there every day. In fact, I can't call Darius every day because he's doing other things. So yeah, I, I, I love that you were able to like not almost like not take offense mm-hmm. that they, I mean, honestly, I, I'm kind of surprised at myself. <laughs> You're surprised at yourself. Yeah, I was like, the Lord's faithful to humble you, though. Like, don't you worry. Yeah. If you want to be humble, he'll help you out. He'll help you. Yeah. He'll put you in, in situations where you have to. You know, this is totally going to be off topic. One time, I, I this whole podcast. I accidentally, wa- I accidentally washed someone's feet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not it the strangest humbling. thing I've seen. It was humbling, but it's also very rewarding at the same time. Really weird. Should I tell? Should I just go ahead? Go and say for it? it. Tell the story. All right. So we. I was going on a mission trip 2016 and our mission trip leader was like, man, this keeps coming up today. Like an older lady that like loved the Lord and like she, she taught at the school, but like, she was like, she's like a powerhouse woman. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you just knew like she was like flowing with the Lord and stuff. So like, you know, and one day before we were doing like team prayer and I saw, I saw them like bring you know, a, a, a washing basin, like okay. over, over, they had her sit down. They were in like, I didn't even, I didn't even know what was going on. Like the team didn't tell me like, it was kind of, I, I don't even know. I don't know. It was early in the morning too. So like, I'm not a morning person and things just don't make sense in the morning. <laughs> hey man. And so they say like, Hey, can you go grab some towels over there? I was like, okay. And so like, <laughs> no idea what's so going like, on right now. They put the basin down and like somebody else comes with a towel and I'm like the last person there with the towel. And so I put the towel down and like nobody's stepping in to like wash this lady's feet. And I'm just like, I guess I'm the man for the job. Like, here I go. Like I did when I woke up this morning, I did not think in like an hour I was going to be washing washing somebody's feet. feet. Super random. It was great though. Like I, I like, I, I fondly remember that moment. It's a great moment. Anyways. And the moral of the story is what? Stay humble. Okay. And be ready because you never know when you're going to wash feet. Or kiss feet. His feet. I didn't do that, but <laughs> I literally I, I'm not kidding. I literally watched Steven kiss somebody's feet once. Steven could be the most humble man. Steven is by far the most loving man. I've For never sure. met somebody who exhibits true agape love like Steven freaking Murray. If the fruits of the spirit had a basketball team. <laughs> you and Steven would be on them. He'd be the all pro power forward. Okay. Anyways, anyway. 20, so 2019, best steps in like October of 2019. The year's all right. We had, I just had a, like a lot of hard moments where just a lot Before of learning now. experiences. Roll into 2020. All kinds of fun happened. Coach Quinn arrives like February 2020. As a coach? As or a as, coach. Okay. I need to get yeah, our, stru- our structure at that point, we had three grade coaches, a, like a reading coach. And then we had like three support coaches. Ooh, that would be nice. Like, but like as, as a support coach, like back then you were always doing something because like you were assisting with the grade. So it was like, you were kind of, 
like a teacher's assistant, if you will. An assistant grade coach. Yeah. So I got, I got to be a support coach. That was, that was fun. I kind of missed that. That only, that was only, that only happened for like two months because the pandemic hits. And everything shuts down. Everything. Forerunner shuts down. The now, school shut down. Now, thankfully, Forerunner is so awesome that they like gave us a job to do while the pandemic was happening. Oh, they paid you through the shutdown? Yeah. Well, they paid us, but we like one of my jobs on the for Forerunner Mentoring was to help out the You Can Mentor podcast. Oh, really? So on some of the first episodes, there are transcriptions of the episodes. I don't know if you know that, Josh. I didn't know that. But There's plenty of transcriptions of all of the most recent episodes because I'm camping on all of those. They're not posted anywhere, but I could go pull them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because of the software that I use, it automatically transcribes it. Where were you then? Anyways. You'll have to ask Stephen for that because he's the one who pays for the, the Yours software. truly had to transcribe all these podcasts. And so the format... And like literally like listen and type. The, no, the format oh. then was Coach Stephen threw them all into YouTube YouTube translation. Oh, no. Okay. Puts it into Google Doc, and then I grab it, and nobody speaks the way that they write. Correct. And so if you're transcribing, you want it to make sense. This is not an English word. You want, to make, you want it to make sense Englishly. So I get this, and there's ums, ands, buts, and there's all over the place. Like, there's no periods, there's no capitalization, and I'm a perfectionist. Oh, boy. Maybe this is one of the reasons I wasn't good in school, because I'm a perfectionist. So if it okay. wasn't 100, I didn't try. So like it would take me like at least four hours to transcribe one podcast and oh, make man. it like beautiful where like you could read it and it's just like, wow. Anyways, my, my best work, I don't know which episode it is, but it's the, it's where I think it's episode two where coach Garza talks about the two kids, the one that grows up in like a, a two parent home versus another one that didn't grow up. Believe it or not. I have not actually listened to the very, very beginning Oh, it's episodes. Just read the, hey, read the transcription. <laughs> Just go read the transcription. Read the transcription. That'll be my, uh, my bedtime reading. I'm telling you. It's one of my best works. Okay. Okay. So 2020 hits. You're transcribing podcasts for four hours. Um, yeah. It, so you're doing like, you're turning out like two episodes a week yeah. or a day. No, because I still do. Oh, because you're uh, still part-time. Still part-time. So like one episode a day. If I could do one a day, but like, I'm telling you, like the pandemic just made, just made life weird. Yeah. Like it just made everything weird. So like, you know, I get I guess school ends whenever whenever it was supposed to. We have that summer off. Like nobody really knows if school's gonna come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because like, nobody knows what's gonna happen. We, everything everything is just weird. And so like, and you know, like everything in life just seemed so unstable at that point. It's yeah. like, am I gonna come back at work a forerunner? Like, how when, do I how do I make ends meet? How do I do this? Yeah. So as a hockey fan. I play hockey. I also rep hockey. Okay. So, you know, is that what your your side gig? Yeah, that's is? my that's my other side job. So okay. that that what that opened up in June because all the coaches have something. Yes, yes, that opened back up in June 2020. Wow. It's so like, yes. How 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 did they pull that off? Oh my goodness. So, just from a, a refereeing perspective, like game slots are like 60 minutes, and then you get like a 10 minute break. Okay. That's that's in a normal, not pandemic year. Okay. okay. During the pandemic, like they, they had hockey games, 60 minute time slot. And then like you were going to wait like 45 minutes between your game and the next one because they had to clean all the locker rooms. All the players had to be out of the locker rooms in 15 minutes and they had to go in there. It was just a lot, but they opened back up in 2020 and like Texas was like the one of the only states that had like 
hockey going on. Mm-hmm. And so like all the tournaments were coming to Texas. It was like the busiest year ever, like for the, for the DFW Metroplex to have hockey. So like it was cool. So I was doing that. Then Forerunner, Forerunner's like, you know, school's going to be back on. And we didn't start till like the second week of September. Were you on staff in 20, the 2019 or tw- excuse me, the 2020, 2021 yes. year? Okay. Yes. And so, you know. So you only missed last year. Right. Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. So 2021 really like praise the Lord. It went as well as it did. Cause like 2019 to 2020 was such a hard year. I'm like, I don't know if I can work with kids. Cause like my confidence is just shot. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so like they gave me, I think first and second graders. Okay. And like the year before that was just mass chaos with the first and second graders. We had like, we had so many kids, mm-hmm. which is great. But like, and by this time was Quinn program coordinator. Yes, Quinn, okay. he was going to be taking over the site lead during that. That's another story. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know, I just grew in my role and like, it was great. Okay. Like, got the love on the kids and like, just got to be like in charge of the group and like, just not a lot of problems. Like, he was beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I really like stepped into really being a good coach. Right. And I like, it was, it was, it was a really proud year for me. Okay. Like, I loved it. Just and saw so, a lot of growth there. A lot of growth, like within myself, the way that I talk to kids, the way I interact with kids, like. Yeah, and I can see that now, like, you know, in the few moments where I see you interact with kids, because that's not a lot, as we've covered, like you just, <laughs> nothing phases you. You're just like a kid could say the most random thing or the most disrespectful thing or do the most random or disrespectful thing. And you just like it. I don't know. It's things that I look at. I'm like, that would make me incredibly mad and I would react very poorly. And I just see you like smile and kind of shrug and be like, do we really need to do that? Mm -hmm. And like, and just ask questions. And I'm like, man, like I need a, I need, I need Joel to mentor me on how to be a mentor. Thank you. Yeah. No. So like that year ends, it was, it was honestly like one of the best years at forerunner, even like during, the pandemic and all the uncertainties and like having the kid, having little kids wear a mask, like through program. Okay. And like, that was, that was I'm a challenge. Sure that was an like, adventure. Yeah. Cause we promised the parents, like if we're in, if we are inside, we are wearing our mask. And so like, but you got to make it fun, right? Like that's part of being a mentor type person. Like to especially younger children, especially younger kids. Like you got to make it fun. Like, you know what? We already got these masks on. We're about to be ninjas. Ooh. So I need you to ninja your way through these halls. And so like we walked down the halls and ninjas, like it was just a big thing. Like before we went inside, I used to have like a catchphrase. I'm like, all right, kids, we're going inside. So we got to have our mask. They go on our voices off and our hands are to ourselves. And it was just like, I don't know. It, it just doesn't flow as well to not, to not say voice off hands to yourselves. You need that yeah. mask on, you know, I don't know. Anyway, finding ways to make it fun. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I've been gifted in that way yes. to do that, which is great. So that it was a great year at Forerunner. And then one of my mentors, who's also like one of my friends that I met back at Bible College, at CFNI, mm-hmm. he took over a drug discipleship program called Teen Challenge in Alabama. Okay. I've heard of Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's like the one exception to the whole there's no mentoring in Utah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're I, I've heard of Teen Challenge, have some personal connections to Teen Challenge, not 
my me specifically, mm. but you know, personal connections there. I so won't go farther into that, but right. So it's called Teen Challenge, but it's, it's really for like, I mean, back when it started, it was for teens, but now it's for like adults. So it's like adult and teen challenge. And so I said, hey man, like if there's ever an opportunity to like work with you, like I don't know what that looks like, but like we work so well together and like I trust you and your leadership. And he's like, all right. And so like he gets down there in July of 2021 and he contacts me like two weeks after he gets there. He's like, hey, like if you want to work with me, there's an opening, opening down here. And I was like, well, I don't even know what that looks like. And this is, this is in Alabama. So right. he's my, my mentor slash friend, like he's from Alabama, grew up there. And like one of his dreams was to go back to Alabama to do some type of ministry work. So he gets the call. He is the director of this program. So he calls me. I was like, wow, okay. And Coach Quinn had already offered me like the position to be the site lead for the K through six program at that, right. at that point in time. And I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't like making rash decisions. I don't get like yeah. a lot of time to think about it. And so I just felt a peace to go. Okay. And so like, it was the week before training started at Forerunner, and I felt so bad because like, I'm a person, I want to give you the most time possible. Like, right. Hey, you know, I don't want to give you two weeks. I want to give you a month. Like I, I don't, I don't want to cause an inconvenience, mm-hmm. but this was like the week before. And I tell Quinn, I'm like, Hey, I, I don't think I'm coming back next year. He's like, all right. So I moved out to Alabama in an all men's home. So like I used to work with boys. Now you're working with men. Boys to men. All right. So I, go, I get there. <laughs> That's I, a reference. I live, I live in the center. So it's like, it's a housing center. Right. So I live at my job with these men that are trying to get off drugs. And like, we don't brand ourselves as a rehab because like, there's no like rehab techniques. Like you're coming here. Usually if you're there, like this is kind of like the last straw for you. Like, yeah, you've hit, you've hit rock you've bottom. You've hit rock bottom, like legitimately. And so I get there and like talk about mentoring. So I, I, I started out as an intern like the first six months. And then after that, they make you like a life coach. And so you get okay. like eight students assigned to your caseload or whatever. But the whole time you're there, like you're mentoring people. Right. And cause they're looking at you and they're like, okay, you're somewhat successful. You, I've, I've never struggled with drugs, alcohol, any of that type of stuff. And she's so like, you're successful. Like, and they just ask you a bunch of questions. And so like, it's like 24 seven mentor. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's, it's hard to live at your job. Like that is something, <laughs> yeah. especially if you're not good at drawing boundaries. Let me guess you're not. No. How would you know that? Oh, just everything we've talked about. Goodness. And also, I'm terrible at it, too. Oh, goodness. Yeah, when you live at your job, it's like, you have to intentionally be like, go away. Yeah, you, you have to intentionally be like, I am not working right now. Like, even Jesus drew a boundary. Like, he went off yeah. to go pray or be by himself. Yeah. Or like, for example, we're sitting here at Antioch where I'm the technical director. I'm on staff at this church, and there are plenty of things I could do right now. And I'm intentionally going like, no, I'm not working today. <laughs> That was the mm. goal yesterday and that did not go according to plan because I had to come over and drop off the stuff for from church. We did church in the park and then I was like, well, I'm already here, so I might as well fix these three things that happened the Sunday prior to that. I think we that struggle with boundaries, especially like in a job format, are really just big servers. Big servers? Yeah, like we're, we like to serve. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I'm already here. I, I'm already here. I might as well do it. Like, let me just, I yeah. mean, it's not, and like not that that's a bad thing, but maybe... Maybe we should. Or maybe it's we're owners, not renters. Owners, not renters? Renters. 
Or run a rentering? <laughs> no. Owners, not renters. The You know, you own a home or you rent a home. We're oh. owners, not renters. That's a reference to my episode. If you don't know that reference, go listen to that. Okay. Episode 143. 143. Shameless plug. Makes a comeback. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so you go, you, you tell Quinn, hey, I'm not coming back this year. Literally like the week before training. Yes. Felt terrible about it. That was my first year. Right. I didn't even get to meet you. Otherwise, I would have. Yeah. I did. I probably met you. So, okay. Yes. Whoa. This is wild. Okay. So you told Quinn the week before training Uh-oh. that you weren't coming back. Mm-hmm. I accepted. I kid you not. I, I, I was offered and accepted the job in the junior high program the week before training. So it was like that first week of August when you told him that you were not coming back is the exact same week that I was in the fetal position on my couch in my living room going, God, I don't understand. Mm. And then God's like, you're going to go mentor kids anyway. And I was like, okay, I trust you, but I don't understand and accepted the job. That's wild. Wow. So a lot of, a lot of things were happening in that week. <laughs> yeah. Across the departments. But did, did I meet you when no. we had a, the, they had a pizza party on like Friday? No, no, you weren't there. Mm-mm. No, I, I think I met, I met Caleb. I yeah, I think you met Caleb. I don't think I could be there. No, that makes sense. I think I had a contract or something and couldn't be there. In October. Yeah, we met in October. You're we wearing in, a blue shirt. Sure, yeah. if you say so. I say so. Okay, I believe you. I don't remember. We went to Genghis Grill. Yeah, that part I remember. That was fun. It was you and me and... Andrew and Caitlin. Andrew and Caitlin. Yeah. So. That was fun. And Andrew was... I guess who they found to be the site lead. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. You know, it all, it all, it all works out in the end, I guess. Yeah. yeah but I was in Alabama for like 10 months, like struggling to draw just, boundaries. Oh, and it's terrible too. Cause like people like, you know, people with that, like in that state of circumstances, like mm-hmm. they want attention too. Cause like nobody they're they're very unwanted. Yeah. And like, that I mean, that's a big driver of addiction, and that again is a whole different dude. We could have like four different podcast episodes. I think we're I think we're up to like four different podcast. Oh, we're, episodes. oh, we're in it for sure. And so, like, you know, and they they could really trust me because it's like, okay, this guy doesn't struggle with drugs, so he's never going to say to me, "Hey, let's go do something stupid." Right. So they like they have a high level of trust where they can just talk to me in that way. Like, this is like an outsider slash insider. Anyways, that job was really awesome. So why did you leave? So it was in rural Alabama. Rural. 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 Rural Alabama. I mean, the the literal middle of nowhere. I kid you not. Like cornfields as far as the eye could see. No, I mean, it was just green trees. Oh, okay. I mean, the near Starbucks was 45 minutes away. How do you function? I don't drink coffee. Actually, no. I'd get some. Anyway. My treat for the week was like going to Starbucks. Okay. It's like, I'm driving 45 minutes. I'm going to give me some Starbucks. And kind of like me, I once drove to Waco for Fazoli's. That's the nearest Fazoli's? Mm-hmm. They, they have Fazoli's over in Alabama. Yeah. The I think it's like 50 minutes, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Waco's the nearest Fazoli's to Dallas, and I am not lying. Is Fazoli's like, good? No. It's fast food Italian. Then why'd you get it? Because I hadn't had it in 20 years. Oh. Not quite 20. It was more like eight, but still, I hadn't had it in a long time because they don't exist in Utah anymore. And so I moved down here and the very, one of the very first things I did was look up where, if there were any Fazoli's around and found out there's one in Waco and one in Lubbock. And my first year of grad school, it was a Saturday. I kid you not. I drove three hours round trip for dinner. 
just because I wanted their breadsticks. That's the only like Fazoli's. I mean, I've never had it, so I, yeah, I don't it's know. like I mean, it's fast food Italian, so like it, it's the quality of fast food, but Italian food, and I love Italian food, but their breadsticks are fire. Yeah, like I mean, I would, yeah, okay. I, their breadsticks are fire. Well, wow, so, we talked about raising canes today, Fazoli's, <laughs> like yeah, McDonald's. Really go a lot of different ways for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm in I'm in I'm out in the middle of nowhere. Back on track. I mean like the Wi-Fi is so bad that like like Spectrum and T Mobile don't even come out there. Okay. Like it's like it's so out there, like they won't even service it. Like they can't even you can't even get it serviced. So I live I live off of a dirt road. All right. Yep. In a group home. In a group home with twenty other men. Okay. So it's like the only times it's quiet is between nine at night. And like five in the morning. Which is lights out. Lights out. Towards the end, I got to like go back in between houses, like at my boss's house, which is my friend, my mentor, and the center. But it's like everything that you do is like being monitored. Like the guys know right. when you're there. Like, you know, it's just like, it's really the being a parent for 20 people. Okay. Like that's really what it was like. Because like, I mean, it, it's maybe like three steps below jail, but like, they don't get phone calls. They get two phone calls a week. Mm-hmm. They don't get internet access. They can't watch stuff on television without like a parental code. That only I know. So like, there's not a lot of freedom, and they're like they can't take medicine without you watching them. Right. They like I'm drug I'm drug testing men probably like at least six a week. So, which is a t- I do not like drug testing men. Okay. Because you have to. I don't know if you've ever drug tested somebody, but... No, I've been drug tested, but I've never drug tested somebody. I mean, in our line of work, a lot of people will lie. Right. Okay. And so the only way you know if they're not lying is to check to see what's going on down south. Oh, if they're wearing anything or anything's weird. And so I'm just going to leave it right there. Okay. So just... <laughs> Moving so, on. We're, we're trying to keep the podcast episode yeah, yeah. PG-13. So, you know, PG I, 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 I Googled Lake Highlands while I was in Alabama and like Lake Highlands has an like the amount of population is like 87,000. I think okay. that's what I read or like probably like 90,000 now because like people are, people are flocking here, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know, but Lake Highlands is like the number one place people want to move in the United States. Wow. I read an article. Yeah. Uh, which automatically makes it true. Has to be. So it's like 90,000 people. on the people. internet, didn't you? I did. Oh, okay. Facebook news. So it's very reliable. The two cities that I lived between that were the that were like the big cities, the total population between those cities was like sixty thousand. We're talking like over a eighty mile span. Yeah. Is sixty thousand people, and then we have like Highlands, which is eighty seven thousand people. Which yeah, in in perspective we're talking about 80 mile span is greater than the entire dfw metroplex from end to end yes and there's what like seven and a half million people yes. here a lot of people yeah and so like you know there's just not a lot of stuff to do in alabama like not a lot of, i mean unless you got a truck and you want to go through some dirt roads or some guns know, or some what guns guns yeah or like you know just country living so not a lot of stuff to do you know i, I miss forerunner like of all the relationships right. that i had like in the past like I missed all the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just missed, and you know, like, this is home. Okay. So you left that job because you mm-hmm. wanted to come back? Yeah. Okay. I didn't get fired. I didn't say you did. You I didn't, shot me a look like. No, 
I did nev- you did you start taking drugs and that's why you left? I'm just kidding. That did not happen. <laughs> no, I never would insinuate that you would get fired. We I gotta was, edit out this last twenty seconds. No, probably not. Okay. I was no, I was legitimately curious like why you left. I figured it was an intentional choice. I just wasn't sure why. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Like, so they're like they provided you room and board, but like the pay is like minimum wage. Okay. And like you feel like you you live at your job, like work life balance doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. But honestly, I mean, since there's not a lot to do, there's not a lot of spend. There's not a lot of things to spend your money on. Right. Right. But also, there's not much of a sense of community. Right. It's not like going so, to church every day or every week. Yeah. <laughs> every day. That would be nice. Now, maybe this is with the boundary things, but like my community was the men's center. Right. And like, it's not the healthiest. No. Yeah. It's like foreigner being my community, which it's not like, you know, I have my church. And so you're saying that you need a community outside of your job? I think it's necessary for humans to have community outside their job. Good. Because there needs to be a place that you can go to relax or recreate where mm-hmm. you're not having to interact with people you work with. Even if you're working at Forerunner Mentoring and love every single person mm-hmm. there, I mean, I have a I have a phenomenal relationship with Steven. He was one of my mentors, right? He poured into me a lot. And I mean, heck, he just baptized me, right? Like, I have a phenomenal relationship with him. I love him. I love Beth. I love Quinn and Darius and everybody else who's there. I love all of the coaches, like it is a community in and of itself. It's like the best community. It's the best place I've ever worked. Right. And hands down. Yeah. And it's the same for me. So it's a phenomenal community and like the work culture there. It like, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but at the same time, like if they were my only community, like there's how many people on staff, like maybe 25, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, that's not enough. And especially since we don't all go to the same church, which for Forerunner is a good thing. It is a good thing. But for community and in and of itself, not as much, right? So, like, it's been really, really important for me to have built a community outside of Forerunner. And that primarily comes from my church, right? And it comes from Antioch. So, yeah, Stephen and Tara go to, go to Antioch with me. But I like my roommate goes here. I have a life group of friends, you know, and our life group has 20, 25 young adult singles, mostly in or like we're, we're the young adult or one of the young adult life groups, right? We're all single. We're all kind of in our twenties, 20 somethings. And we just hang out like <laughs> my life group goes and plays pickleball like three times a week. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I don't usually ever go because I live in Flower Mound and there's a 45 minute drive, but that's changing. So, mm. yeah. But point is, like, I think community is important. I think having, you know, that work life balance and having relationships outside your work is necessary because if not, then how do you, how do you draw those lines? Right. How do you, mm. like, that line between I'm not working and I'm working gets really blurry really fast. So, Yep. And it's even with Steven and I, it's taken intentionality of like, hey, let's go get lunch as friends. Mm. Or we've mm-hmm. even like we've we've truly even had hybrid lunches where we're like, it's the same lunch, but we talk as friends and they're like, okay, now we need to put hats on and talk about oh, boss employee or client contractor. That takes some practice, huh? It takes a lot of practice. 
but we've been able to do it, but it takes intentionality and it even muddies things up because like they're, I mean, Steven is my friend, but there's also things that I can't talk about Steven with because they're things that I'm feeling or whatever that would directly impact forerunner. And so I'm like, I want to talk about this with him, but I can't because he's the executive director. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is not something that needs that the executive director needs to know at this moment Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it does it. Yeah. Yeah. Point is that's why community outside of work is important, man. It's a word. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Okay. We have, this this is an incredibly know, long podcast episode. I think we've talked for like an hour and a half. I've had so much fun. I have too. It's been it's been great. But the title of the series, the subtitle of the series, the title of the podcast is you can mentor. Would it be the title of the series or the subtitle? I don't know. Whatever is why I mentor. So this whole outline has gone out the window, except I do want to hit this last one and then we do mm-hmm. need to wrap it up. Why does Joel McMillan mentor why does he show up every day at forerunner pour into kids all kinds of kids doing all kinds of crazy things and why does he do it with a smile on his face i think i know the answer just from our conversation and i mean i feel like i i got to know joel really really well i definitely got to know you better yeah so i'm yeah no i'm just curious like what is what is your why like what what is the story behind getting to forerunner and then mentoring and then leaving mentoring or leaving forerunner and then coming back. Right. Like, you know, that that's an amazing story, but there's a why behind it. So what is that? Yeah. I mean, just first and foremost, like I believe that my life can be transformed then anybody's life can be transformed. And so, you know, no matter like where I work, like I want to be that light and that hope that somebody can look at and be like, okay, mm-hmm. there's hope for me. And so with foreigner mentoring, like it's just awesome to see people every single day, especially like kids from hard places. And like they see me and like they're going to see somebody with a smile and they're going to see someone that loves them. And like we're going to have fun. Like, and they can have confidence. In them. Confidence. Okay. And like, you know, I might, I might not be the like maybe number one person to like they seek advice or counsel from but like I will probably be the number one person that they want to go hang out with first. And so like, you know, I mentor just cause like, I just, I just want to help. I just want to help people. I just want to help people grow and who are supposed to be, I mean, it's such a privilege to be able to love kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a privilege. And so, I mean, isn't there a Bible verse about like the privilege of having children or raising children or something like that? Maybe in Proverbs somewhere. I don't know. You would know better than I would because you're the Bible scholar. I mean, it does say that children's children are a crown to the age and the parents are the pride of their children. Okay. Which, that means that grandkids take pride in having grandchildren, but kids look up to their parents, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, children are like arrows in, in like your hand or whatever. Like, I don't know. Jesus blessed the children, placed his hands on them, told his disciples, let these children come to me. Right. right? Like, and so, I don't know, lo- loving kids... Getting to, have, getting to have fun with them. That's like my favorite thing is to like break those walls that like life's not, life's not all terrible. Like we can still have fun. Life's not a set of rules. Right. And so I think that's just the way like the Lord's gifted me. Like since I've been at Forerunner, like I bring, like I'm, 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 I'm going to bring the fun. Mm-hmm. The fun will be brought. The dad, the dad jokes will be said. The grandpa jokes 
the prehistoric dad jokes, I make up my own dad jokes. They're so terrible. Like, awful. Puns. Wordplay. That's all going to happen. Like, at Foreign Elementary. Dude, like, Mike... I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt because the, just the prehistoric dad jokes reminded me. Like, I don't know what happened, but the junior high kids about mm, end of March, beginning of April, just decided to start making fun of my age. And I'm like, I'm 28. Like, I turned 29 this year. I'm not that old. But, you know, they would always just, I, I don't I don't even know what it would be. I would, I would say something kind of like when i was your age or whatever and they're like back when dinosaurs ruled or walked oh to the earth my. i was like guys come on oh, you kind of setting yourself up for that one true but i'm also like i am not that old guys uh-uh. anyway Don't continue yeah like, bringing I'm, the jokes having i will fun. i will bring the fun and i think you know like kids need to have fun yeah. right and like we're an after school care program and like i don't know if you ever did like an after school care program or like went to one but like it's not how forerunner does it because usually you're at school and like with four runners, sometimes we're out of school, we're not. But like there's a place, I said it earlier, where a kid can be a kid. Yeah. But legitimately, like where a boy can be a boy, but like we're also going to equip that boy to become a man of God. Yeah. And like there's no place like Forerunner. And like a lot of the guys that I did serve back in Alabama, like not all of them had like father issues or whatever, but there were some that like if they had a mentor, like yeah. they wouldn't, their life would not look the way it did. And for some of them, like I tell them like, hey, like, there's like, they call me Brother Joel, not Coach Joel. Like, Brother Joel, how come you never done drugs or nothing? Because they're from Alabama. They talk right. like that. I just told them, I said, you know, I grew up sheltered. And you know what? Like, being sheltered, that will, that will get you laughed at in some circles. There's like, man, I wish I was sheltered. Because they, their life wouldn't have gone yeah. that direction. And if they would have had a forerunner mentoring, because like, this is not just a place for like boys that don't have a father figure. Like, any boy, like this can help any boy that comes there. And like, yeah. obviously... Everybody that probably comes on to this podcast says this, but like if I had a foreigner mentoring, mm-hmm. like if I had somebody to intentionally pour into me, right? Cause like I grew up as an only child and like, I, I like kept to myself, right? Like I, I would not go seek help unnecessarily, but if I had a foreigner mentoring where I saw the same person every single day, that probably breaks some walls down. Yeah. If for no other reason you're in the same area as some of your peers, right? And you can build those friendships and those are getting fostered. But also, like, the coaches are intentionally choosing to have hard conversations, right? Mm-hmm. They're intentionally choosing to press into, you know, why did we just hit Timmy kind of thing? You know, we're, we're choosing, I mean, even for me, it's like, I, one of the big things that I, what's the right word, push, or like, model, I guess, yeah, model, that's the word I'm looking for, you, you know? One of the one of the big things that I try to model with my students as junior high students is identifying and processing their emotions because that was the thing I didn't have when I was their age, back mm-hmm. when dinosaurs walked the earth, apparently. But that was the thing I didn't have when I was their age. I didn't have somebody asking me intentionally, like, what are you feeling right now? Right? And nobody to guide me on like what to do with that. And some of those emotions are easy. You know, kid hits another kid. Like he's probably angry, Mm -hmm. but even it goes even deeper than that of like, okay, you're angry. Why are you angry? What happened to make you feel angry? Well, he did this, this, and this. I was like, okay, what is the thing? What is Mm -hmm. the lie that you're believing? What is the, what is the thing sparking that anger? Mm. Right. 
And those are the things I didn't have growing up. I didn't have mm-hmm. anybody to ask me first. I didn't have anybody ask me what I was feeling. So I just was an emotional kid who had no idea to, what to do with my emotions. And so what I, are those? Yeah, basically. And so I just medicated them in many of my own ways, mm-hmm. incredibly unhealthy ways. But that all stemmed because nobody would ask me what I was feeling, how I was dealing with it. Nobody would teach me how to deal with it, right? Nobody taught me how to process my emotions. And I didn't start to learn to do that until I moved here, moved to Texas, right? And in fact, I was here for a, a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half before I had somebody come alongside and ask me those questions, right? Mm. And start to ask me like, what are you feeling? How do you, how do you deal with that? Like, you know, all of those things. And so I'm like, if I can, if I can equip these students at 13 and 14 years old to be able to deal with the traumatic things in their life, which I mean, it's Lake Islands. They, and you know, especially the, the demographic that we work with, like there's a lot of trauma there. Mm. If I can equip them in the two years that I get to see them and pour into them 10 hours a week, then to identify their emotions, be able to dig deeper into the, where does this come from? And then what do I do with it? Like, I mean, to me, that's, that's teaching a kid to fulfill their potential Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, like that's what their potential is, Mm -hmm. is being emotionally healthy. Mm -hmm. And if they're emotionally healthy, they can go and do anything. They can do whatever they want. Joel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. This is probably the longest episode I've ever recorded. I, I seriously, it's like an hour and a half. We're making history, folks. Yeah, we are. Actually, I think it's the longest episode in the history of You Can Mentor. I'd have to go and check like the early stuff, but I'm pretty sure it's the longest one that I've ever edited, and I've been doing this for three years. So, hey, you know what Fruit Loops thoughts on thoughts are on mentoring? Oh no, what? Two can mentor. <laughs> That's so good. All right, Joel. One last thing. Do you have any last words of encouragement for our listeners out there before we wrap this up? Because I know you want to take the the outro, the last three words. You want to let me do the outro? I'll let you do the last three words. It's going to be so good. So folks, if you're out there... But you got to do the encouraging word first. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Yeah. So folks, if you're out there, you need to know three words. I'm going to say those at the end though. But mentors show up. If there's one thing that you can do is just show up in the life of somebody. Like... I know Josh, myself, and probably lots of people that have been on here. If you show up to somebody's graduation, if you show up to a football game, basketball game, like you have chess automatically, tournament. what's that? Chess tournament. Chess tournament. Whatever, whatever it is, you have like submitted your application to be a voice in their life. Mm-hmm. And so, ju- just by you showing up, not even say anything, just by being there, like you're giving yourself an opportunity to speak in somebody's life. And so, if you're scared about mentoring or you don't know, like all it is is just showing up and letting God do the rest. That's so good. So remember these three words. You can mentor. Amen. Way to go.